Hey, gang, welcome to Livestream Stars. I'm Ross Brand from LivestreamUniverse.com. This is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across Livestream platforms. And Livestream Stars is brought to you by Livestream Universe, LivestreamUniverse.com. Check it out. And we have updates every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And you can find those on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Livestream universe tomorrow night i'm going to be a guest on lights camera live with stephanie Liu at 7 p.m eastern so check that out it's on the hey stephanie Liu facebook page liu so uh stephanie does a great job very organized got a lot of great uh social media skills and ideas and i, I can't wait to talk to her about the live streaming side of things uh so that's tomorrow night please do join us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at Hey Stephanie Lou, Facebook.com, Hey Stephanie Lou. And as I mentioned, I'm Ross Brand. Let's introduce our guest tonight. Our guest is Krishna Day. She's the host or co host, along with Peter Stewart of Livestream Insiders. She's a social business and live video strategist, an author, public speaker, and uh, Someone with a very interesting history that we'll get into shortly. But first, uh, welcome, Krishna, and it's so great to have you on. I know. I wondered why we'd left this so long. Because yeah. it feels like I know you really well, and I appreciate all the things that you do for our shows, my shows, in terms of really educating people about what's going on. And you can basically get rid of your TV because there's a full itinerary of things that you could be watching. That's usually what I post. When I see your posts, I usually say, okay, forget TV this weekend. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, one of the things that I love about your show that, that, that you and Peter do is um, it's it's got really well organized. Both of you are very articulate and deliver your information in you know a very concise yet thorough way if that makes sense it sounds a little contradictory um can you talk about how that that show came together how you guys met and and how you ended up doing this very polished show every sunday i guess here it's sunday afternoon where you are it's sunday night uh but the show is live for those who don't know the show's live stream insiders it's every sunday on the Livestream Insiders Facebook page, and it's hosted by Krishna and Peter Stewart, and you can find it Sundays, 2 p.m. Eastern in the United States. So how did it all come together, this this terrific show that, that keeps us up to date on the latest news and live well, streaming? Yeah, thank you. You should say, actually, at the moment, because there's a time difference, you've had, you've you uh, lost an hour's sleep. <laughs> we've uh, we've still kept hours for a couple of weeks. So at the minute, there's three, uh, there's, um, it's 3 p.m. Eastern, if you were looking to join us this week. But we get back together at the end of uh, March. So yes. thank you, everybody, for, for coming in here. Really appreciate you joining us. So thanks for the question. Um, well, like many people who are doing live shows at this point in time, it was a different you know a few years back but actually Peter and I met through live streaming so we were both active in terms of users of Periscope and from that we then moved into a conversation I think probably direct message on Twitter into a phone call and because we were both passionate about the topic now I should say in terms of our backgrounds were different but complementary and so he actually works for the BBC and at the time when he was doing that, he was in a reporting role. He's now into much more social journalism. So he's actually actively out in the field and actually creating content um, and also editing content for his colleagues. So he's doing a lot of mobile journalism, creating content on his mobile device. And so he's coming from that background. So probably that's influenced that a little bit in terms of that style. Um, my background was in corporate communications um, in terms of a large organization. And I, I say communications in the broadest sense. We'll get to that in a little bit later. Right. But basically, um, I've spent a long time in terms of in large corporates and then subsequently set up my own business and therefore would have, again, a certain style around, I guess, what you talked about being thorough. So, um, you know, no fake news for us. Right. We, like to, we like to be a, a little bit you know, thorough in what we do. And so that's how we how we got together. And we start, we've had the show about 18 months now. It's every single Sunday. We've had some breaks for holidays. And then outside of that, 
um, just in terms of the process about how we do it, which might be of interest to people, is that we don't even talk during the week. We used right. to, <laughs> and we didn't meet for nine months in, in terms mm -hmm. of in real life. So we actually met at a conference that we both were attending. But actually, um, we've got to the stage now that we, I guess we know each other enough that um, mostly um, Peter curates the stories. I might watch out for some of the stories. And then I'm doing some of the other things in terms of the comms and the communications and so on. And then I'll get a, a set of notes. And sometimes our shows, because we've got a tight schedule, we try to keep it to 30 minutes. We know the audience that's not just about the great people who turn up live, but we also know what we're trying to do in terms of the audience thereafter. And our show is we don't sell anything. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't even say buy, get an ebook for free. Um, right. Some things might change in the future, but it's just come from the heart in mm -hmm. that we are both passionate about the power that live communications can make for organizations in the broader sense, be it a nonprofit to a for-profit to a within the organization, internal internal comms. And so it's done from the heart of where, where our, our immediate mission, our initial mission, I should say, was to highlight good practice and case studies. And we have tried to do that. And we've had over the, over the time we've been together, We've had guests on from different parts of the world, but we try to have some European case studies because right. there's more of you over there <laughs> than there are of us. <laughs> and so there's a lot of the case studies often or examples that are given are often US examples. And there's no bad thing about that. But our objective was about how do we highlight, how do we showcase that there are things going on in Europe and particularly Ireland and the UK. Right. That was um, That's really been our mission to, you know, we're not saying live communications, and I say it in the broader sense, live streaming, you know, that could be live video and it equally, equally could be live audio as well. And so as a result, um, that was that's been our mission to really advocate it. And we know not everybody's ready for it, but our passion is about just saying, consider this in your arsenal for communications. So that's how it came about. That's the process we go through, as I said, and then, um, if you've watched any of the shows, as I know that you're you're very good at not only sharing it, but you come and, and watch us as well. Um, you'll know that the the way that we do it and the, the tool we use, we try to kind of put some imagery in there as well. And so, you know, for every story, there'll be usually a headline image or some screenshots we've taken just to try to mix it up a little bit. We can't be like TV in terms of, you know, three seconds and they've changed shot. And to put it into context, I asked, asked Peter the other week when he's out there filming a piece, let's say for two minutes, how much B-roll he was doing for a video. Right. And he counted up, he was with me at the time, and he actually counted up a hundred pieces of content wow. he would have actually captured for two minutes. So that's what his organization would be expecting. We can't do that. Right, right, right. And we just that, do our best. That would take a little bit more time than you could probably put in. But the, the BBC background kind of shows in his style of how he delivers and how you've sort of structured the show and take different segments and all that. And, you know, there, there, I think there's a lesson there that there's things from traditional broadcasting that actually work on what you would call a social broadcasting platform, right? Because many of the people who are doing live streaming come from social media exclusively and come from marketing and so forth. And they bring, you know, great insights from that background. But it's interesting to see the style of shows that people who come from a broadcasting background who also may have some social media skills and marketing skills and everything have decided to how they've decided to sort of shape their own show and their own content. And that that's one of the things I think is really fascinating about your show. Now, one of the things you mentioned, you so mentioned can I just say yeah, yeah, can... to people that we've changed the show since we started. Mm -hmm. And we I would think we'll continue to change it. And one of the things was that um, there's a few people that we would have asked about it, and particularly in the group of people that we wanted to reach, get this show to out, out to. And sometimes it's about, you know, you share, share with them the archive of it somewhere else or wherever it might be. And what we knew about them is they were time poor. And so even some things that I'm testing at the moment, we're trying some things to just, to you know, give people highlights. 
because they couldn't afford to spend an hour, you know, watching something. And we started off with an hour in terms of this show. And we now try have got and try have got to uh, get it down to 30 minutes. Sometimes we go a little bit over. But that actually comes from Peter's um, initial periscopes. Um, he did periscopes all the time with tips. And he had an 11 minute show. So his <sighs> his periscopes were literally just 11 minutes. So we took that format and then we just kind of adapted it. But we'll continue to adapt um, in terms of the format. And I think we've got, it's like anybody who co-hosts, you get to know your your colleagues well okay. enough that you know where you can riff off each other and how you know you, you you pass a story over to somebody. So, and you've got to be ready to go live if they don't, you know, if they have a problem that they can't turn up. So, yeah, I'd like to welcome some of our friends who are here. Barb Tomlin, Shelly G is here, Stephen Healy, Nick Rishwain, Javal John, Doug Cohen, uh, Sean Ayala. I've enjoyed your snap. Uh, chat stories or Facebook stories. I don't really use Snapchat, but I'm thinking of them as Snapchat stories. But your Facebook stories from South by Southwest. Hey, Brad Friedman, Jenny Q, always good to see you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. If you're enjoying the show, please do share it out. Let other people know uh, Krishna's giving away great information. And as she mentioned, she's not selling anything or charging for anything. So let your friends know. Let them discover uh, the show and please do uh, let them join us and if you have any questions for Krishna please do throw it in the chat and we'd love to get those questions on the air um, one of the things you had mentioned that I wanted to ask you about in in your introduction you mentioned that you know you you try and bring in some case studies about what's going on uh, on the European side of the pond and I was wondering where is Europe compared to the United States in terms of live streaming and in, in terms of, you know, the social platforms that people are using if they're doing live streaming, where is that in its development compared to the U.S. and other countries? Oh, gosh, that's a very broad question. <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody anywhere in the world. Um, I do think um, that there are pockets of audiences of people who've actually picked it up. Um, stronger than others. And I think it's no different, to be honest. Um, we're fortunate, mostly we've got reasonable data connections. There are some places in the UK and Ireland who are still a, you know, a little bit under pressure for having good data and good, good access, which is obviously important for mobile live streaming and live, uh, live audio. And I think because, I think that's been one of the big changes that I'm sure you've talked about many times that we've actually seen in the last few years in terms of that's really democratized things because we can just go live from our mobile devices. And obviously, that's not what either of us are doing today, but that obviously has made a big difference. And therefore, I think it's probably no different that in terms of smaller organizations and um, entrepreneurs have been you know, fleet of foot to do it. And I always like to say, because we actually can see that you know there's usually very little barrier for us to do it if we get it wrong. So we can say, I've got this really good idea, Krishna. Um, you know, what do you think about it? I think that's a really good idea. Okay, let's go for it. We only have to talk to ourselves. Right. Whereas with larger organizations, and this is where I think perhaps the US in the organization speak, uh, and large organizations have probably, in my sense of, of looking at this, have been a little stronger um, in terms of where I see large organizations really adapting and actually doing something consistent, not just a one-off. So, of course, we've seen the likes of the Doritos and other brands who've done one-offs in terms of competitions and, you know, awareness and so on. But actually, I think there's been more sustainability there in the U.S. than right. I'm actually seeing in um in the UK and Ireland. And some of that, there's some culture, there's some cultural reasons inside of organizations for it. Um, and perhaps we can get onto some of those later because one of the things I do is I teach um, and I speak on social media and social business communications to organizations. So there's the PR Institute of Ireland and I deliver a workshop for them. It's a four day program for PR communications professionals um, as an example. And I've been doing that for probably eight years or so. And therefore, I'm kind of quite close to the to what people are thinking and doing inside of large organizations. So perhaps we can talk about that a little bit later if it's of interest. However, I do think there's some really interesting things and have been some very innovative things done in the news and publications 
um, area, um, which would be as good, if not even you know, stronger than what we're seeing in other parts of the world. Um, and I can look at a number of news organizations who've been very, very good at that. And I'm not saying this because Peter works with them, but I was doing a little bit of a deep dive in terms of some research around the BBC recently. And some of the things that some of their um, journalists are doing and including where um, they're actually using it to actually get people reframed around stories um, was is really at, at the leading edge of the opportunities that live communications, live video particularly allows. Um, this last weekend, we talked on the live stream insider show about live audio being used. So you might remember that Facebook specifically talked about live audio being released and made available in some countries. And that's partly because of data. So if you're looking at some countries where they don't have necessarily the best smartphones, they've got challenges with data. Right. And so as an example, The Economist has just, uh, we talked, one of the stories we talked about was the fact that they've been talking about their, uh, their use of live audio and how they've used it. And, uh, you know, really numbers that probably you and I would be very happy to see in terms of an, our, our live streams, but actually would be tiny compared to other um, media organizations. But for them, it actually served a purpose, really niche topics um, and delivering valuable content on topics that wouldn't normally get coverage. Mm -hmm. um, and for them, they felt that that was doing, was doing a good job. So, so in, I think in terms of some publications, media organizations, they're at the best of the best. So. Right. I think that's uh, very true what you said about data. As anybody who saved something as both a video and an audio file will notice immediately the huge difference between the size of your video files and, and your audio files. So I'm sure that goes big into the transmission of data a as well. Um, and so that opens up opportunities for people uh, another form to communicate in places where um, the data, the, the Wi-Fi, the, the Internet access, the 4G, if it's 4G, if it's 3G, whatever it is, isn't as as strong. Now, I want to get into something that you brought up because uh, you mentioned talking about later, but it's so fascinating to me. And I, I think a lot of people, other people are interested in this, too, and that is. What are big organizations doing, particularly when it comes to live streaming? We all know that it took them a little while to get adjusted, some of them at least, to social media and understand how they could benefit from it. And now, uh, you know, it's gone from companies just having a, a, a Twitter account to actually understanding how to engage on different platforms and create content for that platform. I hear and you sure you do, and our audience does hear people talking a lot about how people can use live video. Do you actually have you actually seen some companies that are using live streaming effectively either in their marketing to customers or internally in creating a, a culture around their brand? Yeah, so I probably should talk about the fact of how long I've been looking at live video. Okay. <laughs> and I've, I, in terms of, I actually first explored it, and I can see um, somebody here is uh, late for him, Johnny Byrne. Uh, hi, Johnny. Specifically, shout out to you because he's dialed in from Ireland. Um, and he's and I have known each other for a long time. And so, Johnny, if you've got other examples, please pop them in here from an Irish, from an Irish or a UK perspective because I can see a lot of people here are from other parts of the world and particularly the U.S., and so um, Johnny might remember this about, about 2008 time. Um, you might recall a platform called Quick, um, which was available. And I had a Nokia phone and I started to use Quick. And I was connected that time to some people who have actually gone on to do some amazing things in the world of technology it, from Ireland. And you might be aware that actually it's a real technology hub and you know, it's the European offices are for most of the large, you name the technology companies, they've usually got European offices um, in, in Ireland. And I think that's probably going to stay there for some time, given what's going on with the UK, but we won't go there today. 
And so uh, I actually was connected with them. And so as a result, some of us were experimenting with that. And then roll on, we got uh, Google Hangouts on air. So some of the examples I've actually seen of larger organizations using it go back to perhaps even five years ago. So I actually haven't just been tracking this in the last couple of years. I've actually been writing case studies and examples. So, you know, let's just give you some examples where, which are perhaps non-US, and hopefully you'll know some of the organizations, something like um, Topshop. So Topshop is a, um, a, a brand, it's a, um, a clothing brand, um, high street, and like many brands would obviously look at things like London Fashion Week and, you know, the autumn winter collections and so on. Now they've recently done a live stream um, you know, in terms of uh, their current collection. But th this time they actually live streamed it on their own website. They like, used Facebook Live as well. Interestingly, they actually, it's not available on Facebook Live. So they've actually taken that off uh, in terms of being accessible um, at this point in time. But they did something that wasn't just new for this year. They've actually been doing it for a few years as well. And you've probably seen this as well, because I know there's some US brands that have done this around things like, um, uh, Cyber, uh, Cyber Monday or Black Friday deals or Christmas, which is they've done um, shopping at the same time. And for them, it's shop the look. So what they've been doing for a number of years is they've used it for sales in that particular case. Now, they don't just use it for sales. They've done it for other things like meet the designers, learn about things. So this educational piece they've done. But every now and again, particularly around things like London Fashion Week, which was recently one of the things that they did in that particular case is they embedded it on their site. And so just after they'd actually finished the catwalk, so they did the catwalk show. And once that catwalk show had finished, they actually was available that you could actually make purchases of some of the products that not all of the full range, but some of the products. So, you know, Topshop is accessible for anybody to go into. Um, it's not high end, it's not couture. And therefore, you know, they could make some of those lines available. So there's that kind of thing. Um, again, going back quite a number of years, um, there's an Irish bank when the banks were going through a quite a, a difficult crisis time. Um, they actually turned again to live video and in that case, again, to Google Hangouts on air initially to actually do live video communications. And for them, it's about, it was about repositioning themselves, saying we are open for business. And if you want a mortgage, you know, we are the right place or a place to consider I should say, in terms of if you're a first time buyer and because of things like being banking, then obviously you've got regulations to take into consideration. And so I remember I actually had I had talked to the head of digital for that organization at the time because they reached out to me. I'd done a tweet about some brand doing some live video and they tweeted me back saying, hey, we just did our first live video today. So Krishna being Krishna was cheeky, got on the phone to them, said, oh, well, I asked them, well, can I have a phone call with you? And I asked them why they were doing it. And for them, it was like, we can deliver content, you know, in terms of answering questions and it's available there as for anybody to watch thereafter. Now, was it the most engaging live stream I've ever seen? No. <laughs> <laughs> and how long did it take them? I mean, you know, I won't name the bank. It took them nine months, nine months to agree what they could say. And that's because partly it's culture and partly it's financial regulations and about selling um, and being seen in terms of, you know, this, you know, this obviously has to comply there. So for some years, we've seen things happening. We're seeing, uh, I'll give you another example of an Irish brand. Um, an Irish brand, again, was a retailer. They had a new, uh, they had a brand going into, into the market and they actually were recently using Facebook Live and they used it specifically to tell people about it and also run a competition. One of my favorite examples of all time um, has got to be the British Museum, which is one of the early case studies of a large organization using Periscope. And if you um, saw it, there's a, there's a gentleman um, called Dan Snow. His uh, handle is the history guy. And boy, does he make history entertaining and interesting. He's a brilliant broadcaster, but he's very knowledgeable. And the live stream he did, it's still on the British History Museum's website, but it was an educational piece. They took people on a journey through a particular area. Um, it was really well executed. And it was before you had periscopes, you know, right. integrations that you have now. But they used a gimbal, really good execution, brilliant engagement with the audience in terms of answering questions. 
And he actually led it. And at the end of it, you met the curator. Now, the curator, clearly knowledgeable, um, but he probably wouldn't have been the most entertaining person to have on camera. <laughs> Um, but really good. And if, what did they do at the end? Their call to action was, if you'd like to come, the event's on until the 12th, the exhibition's on until the 12th of July, and here's a code that you can use. So there are lots of good examples, but equally, there's lots of organizations who aren't using it. And we're seeing organizations using it for, you know, positioning themselves in terms of their own, um, that you know, their own communications, because certainly large organizations, whilst their external affairs people, their corporate communications people, right. Um, really think they've got a good relationship with the journalists. You what know, because I know your background too, you and I know that actually you've got no control over what the media say about you. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's the great thing about this, right? Because now you can reach people without needing to go through uh, the media necessarily. You can talk directly to your customers, to the public, even put out the message to journalists that you want in just the words you want, because, you know, you're seeing press releases more than ever now having video components in which uh, rather than, say, sending a camera over and shooting some video of, you know, the CEO talking about, you know, real quick, and then you get that on the news or whatever, and you can cut it up anyway. They're, they're being proactive and they're putting, they're embedding videos and online press releases or having their own video press conference, so to speak, where they just answer the questions they want to answer and and so it's it's scary on one hand because of what can go wrong when you give more people access to it but it's also very empowering in a lot of ways to those who want to have more control over the message maybe more so than people think it is it absolutely is and what's really th thrilling for me you know this for me has been a really long journey of writing about this, talking about it. I've had this topic in workshops I've been delivering for years. <laughs> and now to hear people, I mean, on the current program that we're running in, in Ireland for the PR Institute of Ireland, you know, the, the, the communicators there and the all-in-house communicators, so one person, um, if they may come and join us later on, I'll watch the replay there. You know, they're the head of communications for six hospitals. Um, in Ireland, you know, and somebody else is there for a big, you know, in, working in government. And to hear them actually starting to open their eyes to say, you know, this is powerful, this, we can use this for communications. Um, and to have, there was a, an organization who's contacted me today, I'd been talking to them about some, some workshops for their people to build capability in-house. And again, the big shift when they come back and look at the draft agenda, they want even more of a push on it. So it's great to see. And if nothing else, you and I both have been in, in corporates. If you're in a communications role in any shape or form, it doesn't matter if it's communications, marketing, HR, you've, you've all got an opportunity to influence our colleagues around us. And I think it's as much as about getting people ready for, for those cameras because they are everywhere. Right. <laughs> Smartphones are everywhere. And even if you didn't plan to be on, you know, and I, a big, a big bugbear for Peter and I, we talk about it a lot, is all about the rights to content. You know, have you got the rights? Have you got the rights to the music? Have you got the right. rights to the, the venue that you're streaming from? You know, have you got the rights in terms of people there? All the issues around those things we will all, often talk about. Um, but that said, you know, there are there are things that you, you need to be ready. If you're a if you're a professional in any shape or form in an organization these days, I'm not talking about entrepreneurs. Yes, we right. can use it. But you need to be ready that the camera can be turned on you at any time. I've, you and I have probably both seen people actually doing live streams of periscopes where people are streaming the customer service call. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they've had such a bad time. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's it's in some ways frightening and in some ways an incredible opportunity for anybody to have a voice in the pub, larger public conversation than, than, than ever before. Welcome to Livestream Stars. If you're just joining us, welcome Professor Nez. Welcome Patricia A. Murray. Welcome Sabrina Kadini, so great to see you guys. This is Livestream Stars. We're talking with Krishna Day of Livestream Insiders. And just a reminder, you can use 
the code Ross brand to save 20% on all Archon Mounts products. I use Archon Mounts tripods for my webcam. I got their uh, LED ring light recently, which I can use to light up both uh, mobile and laptop broadcasts. So uh, if you're looking for any type of tripods, mounts, or uh, some lighting solutions, definitely check out Archon Mounts. You can use the coupon code Ross Brand, one word, Ross Brand, to save 20%. And... As we return to Krishna Day, thank you so much again for joining us, Krishna. It's so great to talk to you. And there's so many different things to talk to you about because of your background. And I just want you to tell everybody a little bit more about, you know, how you got into uh, your corporate roles and then and then ultimately how that led to uh, corporate communications. Well, thank you. I'll try to keep it brief. Yes. <laughs> I'm a scientist by training. You can probably hear from my accent that I was born and brought up certainly for the first part of my early life in the UK. You can also hear that I actually don't have a British name, uh, so to speak, or an English name. And actually, that's part of my story in terms of uh, why social and why the other things I'm doing. And so um, as a scientist, I then went off and did a whole bunch of things and ended up in a large corporate. So I was in a FTSE 100 company. Some of you might know the brand um, uh, of uh, Guinness, for example, and uh, Diageo. And so I ended up in um, HR roles. So I was a HR director um, in a number of European markets and then was very fortunate that I saw the world at their expense. So I was HR director or senior vice president, as they called it, in uh, Asia Pacific. So I was based in Singapore for a time. I moved to North America. So I was very fortunate to be in Connecticut and covered America, Canada, Caribbean in that role, and then moved to Ireland. And that's where I was involved in the strategy and the merger of Guinness and um, Gilby's, the two organizations there to create Diageo. Um, that market was one of the last to, to actually come to, you know, come together for a number of complexities. And so whilst I'm not a trained marketeer, but I'd always been around brands and understood brands from that perspective. And I always had a look to what consumers were interested in. And uh, my real passion at the time was employee engagement. So that kind of you and I have got some similarities there yes. in terms of that HR background. I was really passionate about getting people interested and engaged in terms of how they could fulfill a role and how they could connect to what was the organization's mission and values and vision was. One of the brands that we actually owned at one time, which took me to the States as well, was uh, we had a, a brand, I'm not sure if it's actually still available around, Pearl Vision, it's an eye care company. Mm -hmm. uh, we owned Pillsbury as a company, so I was involved with Pillsbury for a time, and Burger King as well. And I'll never forget the CEO of the Burger King organization many, many years ago, um, actually, you know, just had this personal vision of saying, I don't, I don't, when he was going to be, I decided to set up my own business. I thought my business was going to be about communications for employee engagement. Um, and then I very quickly understood that actually, um, I knew I needed to be found online this back in 2005. And uh, basically, one thing led to another. And I realized I needed to do some different things about being found online. And with that, that started me on the route to what I thought was a very technical thing at the time. Right. And would I, would I have anything to say, but was blogging. So I started blogging, podcasting, and, and creating online video in 2005. And you know what, Ross? I actually had a radio show then. And I'm very happy to be on radio. I had no intention, no ambition, no wish to be on camera. And for years, the content I created, I was behind a screen. You know, I do a lot of tutorials and I create right. that content. I had no intention to be on screen. And actually, a number of years ago, I just realized I've got to get over myself. I need to, I need to be on camera um, because I know that people want to see me because I am my business and they want to hear from me as well. Um, but yeah, so that was the journey. And as I said, you know, when I started to use the, some of these tools and at that stage, certainly in an Irish context, the people who would have been involved in any of those things were the techies, you know, the real right. techie people um, and predominantly were men at that time, but really, really techie. And so then when 
business professionals start to say, what is it you're doing, Krishna? And it's like almost like mm, she's kind of the blogger, but I don't really know what that is. Right, right. <laughs> and, so, and so I started to use these. And then people started to say, well, mm, can you show us how you do that? And then right. people, I was very fortunate. People would then say, can you come in? Can you show us how to do this? How, can you show us how to use these tools? And then because my natural curiosity um, always leads me to kind of ex explore things that's led me down that path, and that's why... Um, you know, I've kind of been exploring all sorts of things and, and live video has been one of those for a number of years. Wow. Welcome, uh, Carlos Phoenix. Welcome, Mitch Jackson. Great to see you both. Um, yeah, I never uh, thought I'd be in front of a camera either. I was doing radio and then I went to change careers and I was in HR and I discovered this thing Blab and I fell back into it and I loved it. And so that's that's kind of uh, having a webcam was part of that. So that's how I got introduced to being on on a camera. Um, but it it is it it's as much as I love the audio content and the fact that you can listen to a podcast or a radio show while you're driving and doing other things and it only engages your sort of your senses on one level. Um, there's nothing like the connection when you can see people and, you know, having the live chat and having a show that's that's live is really just the best experience, I, I think, uh, for broadcasting. And I, I can't imagine really going back to where there isn't this type of engagement, uh, it, at least in some form. Right. I can see doing multiple forms of content, but at least having something that's live where you can really engage with the audience you can bring in questions and guys please do throw questions in the chat please do share this out as well we'd love to get some great questions for uh krishna before the top of the hour and i know it's late over there so we definitely won't go beyond the top of the hour thank you so much again krishna for joining us so you know you mentioned employee engagement and the hr side of things are and usually, like you said, these things start with tech, right? Then marketing figures out how they can use the tech. And then eventually other departments may start to get involved. Are you seeing HR, internal communications, employee engagement starting to use live video tools at all? Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to recognize that what we're seeing here is is something very public. And I appreciate all the comments. And guys, I'm going to come back and say thank you to you afterwards. But I'm not very good at multitasking in terms of typing in on my phone as well as concentrating <laughs> on, what, on what Ross is saying as well. So I really appreciate everybody being here. Thank you. Um, and so when you know, to your question about actually other functions, you're right in terms of um, sometimes technology or that department looks at it first. I think it's quite interesting in terms of live video. Uh, in my experience, actually, it's the marketeers who probably got a hold of it first because they could see the power of communications in the first instance. Um, we're actually certainly, you mentioned about employee engagement. There's a lot of things that are happening behind, you know, behind the public face that actually we're starting to see um, happening there. So I'll, I will definitely hear about those kind of examples. But from a public face of, let's say, that that department or that function of HR, um, it being used for um, engagement and brand, it kind of, I guess, back to my passion initially was the employer brand, actually letting people know a little bit about the organization and meet the people in terms of the organization. So not even if it wasn't specifically around recruitment, there's lots of organizations I can see that actually who are sharing content, who are sharing stories, or talking about what's going on, which in itself, um, you probably have the same saying in your organization, Ross, which is great talent recruits great talent. Mm -hmm. You know, you need great people to be a magnet for talent inside your organization. So I think we're seeing it in that way. Uh, we're seeing it being used in terms of crisis communications or putting organizations' own stories out there. And I mentioned about the BBC even themselves doing that where, where they'd actually had a situation. So they used it, even though they're a media organization, they were using live video to put their own story across recently. Um, we're also seeing it um, around things like customer care. Um, one of the examples, again, has been there for some time, and there's a real infrastructure of technology behind it. There's a, a company called Shoe. I don't know if you have it, S-C-H-U-H, Shoe. And actually, they sell shoes. 
And if you go to their website, I'm not sure if you can access it from the US in terms of being able to get to this part of it. But actually, when you go to their website um, and you're looking for things, it actually comes up with a, you know, a live video chat. And that's been there for a number of years. So as a consumer, I can talk to somebody about my questions of should I have that or that or which one do you think? And I actually was in a conversation with somebody about that organization who'd worked with them that the you know that particular customer support team was quite close to the warehouse and in fact they've even been known to kind of come back with well which one would you like right right and, and but as a consumer you're not forced to be on camera which i think is great so you have a choice like but they will be on camera to mm -hmm. be able to handle it so you know we're seeing it in in all those ways and i think it's just about for me it's we are passionate about new apps that come out. I know that you and I are both passionate about those things. People who are here watching and participating today, you know, we're always looking for the next thing. We're looking for how to get better at what we're doing. For some organizations, it's about actually this becomes a tool to help them enable them do whatever. And I think that's that's very, very powerful. And um, it's a bit like that conversation about who owns social media and it used to be a social media department and now it's right. actually well all departments can have a role in terms of where social plays for them being, you know, live video being used or live audio being used for, um, you know, press conferences as well. Now, not all of them are done in the way where right. you're very good at acknowledging the audience, bringing comments on screen and all of those things. So you and I probably have both watched <laughs> lots of things we'd say, well, we should answer the questions. Right. Um, I'd, I'd love to give you an example, which is even like authors, Patricia Cornwell, you might know of, um, I've never read any of her books, I'll admit it, did a brilliant um, live interview with somebody, happens to be on the BBC, wasn't the, that's not the only <laughs> station I watch, <laughs> but it was, but I always look at case studies and um, I think I may have shared it on Twitter and so on at the time and I think we shared it in one of the shows, but really good in terms of there's a difference about how people handle cameras in the traditional media in the US versus the UK. And one of the things that's, if you watch uh, the UK or Ireland, people are often to one side when they're on camera on the media, whereas it's actually quite different, I think, in the US where people face into the camera. And she was very, very good. And you heard about the story and she was being interviewed by somebody who was next to her. They had an iPad there or some other device, <laughs> right. you know, to be able to watch out for comments and so on. But she did a great job of actually answering the question there and then turning to camera. Um, and really well done, so well done that actually made me want to buy the book. Right. right. <laughs> I, was, I only went there not because I was, I'm just interested in case studies about how people are doing it and what can we learn from it and how can we do things better. <laughs> right, right. Well, talking about new platforms or at least new features, uh, Sabrina Cadini in the chat mentioned the new features that Be Live TV announced today and rolled out on their weekly show with Jeff Adams. I know you were watching. I saw some of it as well. Any thoughts on uh, what this platform we're using here right now is doing, uh, adding the ability, not yet, but coming very soon, to bring in two people in addition to the host and to have an active green room where you can pull different people in throughout the show. So really anybody watching a show now can call in i mean firstly hats off and well done to uh, daniel um of and the team over at be live they're a small team and i think what was interesting i don't know if you participated in it but if, probably about a month ago they reached out and they did a survey and were asking for feedback so they're actively listening they actively participate and so it was really quite exciting to see that rolled out. So if anybody hasn't seen it, go over to the Be Live Facebook page and you'll be able to see um, how that show looks. So there's different formats like one, two, three, or, you know, one, two, three, or one, two, three, or <laughs> different, <laughs> different formulations of people like one large one and two small ones over here, <laughs> the other way around. Oh, that's great. Um, and so that's great. So I think I, I think there's a few things that stood out for me. One is the fact that they've obviously listened because, for example, my show, um, they know that, um, you know, I, I looked at Be Live when it first came out. I've written about it. I've written tutorials about it. Um, I know the team there. 
Uh, but they know that actually the reason that I couldn't use it for my show is when I bring in a guest because there's two co-hosts and therefore right. no space for anybody else to come. Um, so that's great that they've done that and that green room so you can easily bring people in. But the other thing that stood out for me was actually the fact that also you can come in from desktop or mobile. So you mentioned um, that you actually used Blab um, on desktop and Blab was a platform I was on for a long time. We used it for our show for a long time. Actually, I used it initially on mobile. Hmm. Um, and uh, that's one of the powerful things in terms of if you've got platforms that allow you to come in both on desktop and, and mobile, that is great for all sorts of reasons. So let me give you a for example. Um, at the time of the elections, um, I happened to know somebody who reached out to me. They happened to be in the States and they are in a particular um, state in the States and they work for a news organization. And their challenge was, how do we get an interview? We want to do a Facebook Live interview with somebody, this senator, and you know, what should we take into consideration? And when I, I have a little checklist that I kind of get right. people to work through that then helps them decide what the right platform is for them. <laughs> and for them, they knew their senator was elderly. They knew that they probably didn't have great technology capability in their office, but they knew they had a phone. <laughs> Right, right, right. And so, like, literally 24 hours before they actually wanted to do this interview, they actually wanted to, you know, kind of, they, they made a decision about the, the route that they went. And so the more that you've got platforms like BeLive, um, like other platforms like BlueJeans that, that I use for our show, um, mm -hmm. there are other platforms too, that actually it makes it really easy for people to come in on any device. I've had shows, I was doing a show a little while back, um, with somebody who's um, very, very well known in the area of bots. So one of my shows, separate to Live Stream Inside, is about, is about social technologies. And actually, he happens to be Irish. He's based in San Francisco, had a nightmare of a day, got stuck. But actually, what he was able to do was pull his car over, go into a, an area where he could safely park, and we did the interview, and he sat in his car to do it. So he could still fulfill his commitment to me. Um, we could still go ahead with the show. Um, and you could do that from a mobile platform. For me, that's the three people is great. Um, all the other features that we know and love in terms of commenting coming on screen and being able right. to see that the agenda is great. But the ability to come in from any device is absolutely imperative um, today. I think even better um, for me would be ultimately when we're able to look at platforms where we can start a multi-person live stream from a mobile device. Right. That will be amazing. <laughs> so how do you think Facebook is going to react to this, particularly if at some point BeLive TV comes out, let's say, with a subscription service? How is Facebook going to – are they going to say, hey, it's fine? Are they going to say, we have to buy this? Or are they just going to say, we're going to cut off your access and <laughs> – <laughs> that's the end, right? Because Facebook has been known to block the access of third-party apps uh, once it, it doesn't suit what their objectives are. I mean, how do you see this all playing out? Or does Facebook come up with their own version of this and then, you know, it's available for free and if somebody wants to compete, fine, but we want to keep you on our... Or don't they care as long as you're using Facebook exclusively to broadcast? Well, if I knew that, absolutely. I wouldn't be sat here talking to you, Ross, would I? <laughs> I'd be somewhere else, <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Um, I think, I think BeLive is an interesting one because unlike other platforms, they do rely on the infrastructure around Facebook and even to the extent where there is no separate recording. So actually, from a, from a Facebook perspective, you could say, well, actually, they're doing a great job of actually driving more people to use Facebook Live because people want to be able to do this. I mean, I know that and I can see it myself in terms of the number of people I start to see in my news feed or people who I didn't realize were going to be using Facebook Live, people who I've known for years who've been doing webinars. You know, I've seen them start to do Facebook Lives and what's the platform they've been using well, one of the platforms has been be live because they've been able to do these two-person conversations and some of the other features we love about it. The fact you move to three people conversations and the ability to bring other people in. And I know there's lots of other things that are planned in the future. 
Um, I think that uh, because they're not they're not taking anything away, they're also not allowing simultaneously live streaming. So, you know, another thing that happened this last week was that Mevo have just launched a new way that if you've got the Mevo camera from live stream, you actually can um, now pay for multiple platforms to stream to. And because of their relationship with Facebook, um, you actually can't now, you can't simultaneously stream using the Mevo camera to Facebook and YouTube. You could do YouTube and Twitch, right. you know, or YouTube and Periscope, but you can't do it with Facebook because obviously live, you know, live stream as an organization wants to make sure they comply to Facebook's terms. So I think we're, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an ecosystem there that perhaps these platforms are helping Facebook um, mm -hmm. get more people to use it, get more content on their platform, you know, get more analytics. I mean, goodness knows what data, the wonderful data they've got on us all. Right. Right. Oh, well, yeah. every single comment everybody's putting in here is probably gone against your social graph. So right. that helps in terms of advertising, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at the, the platforms, and obviously I'm a fan of Be Live TV, I've chosen to use it for my show. So this isn't, you know, intended in any way to say don't use the platform. But I think it's there's another reason that, besides bringing on guests, that Blue Jeans. Um, you might choose to use blue jeans and and that is the quality of the recording of the video recording that you get and just the quality of the video and the audio overall, which I think I think is the best of any of those platforms, unless you're going to produce it yourself with Wirecast or OBS and record it locally and all that. Uh, the recording you get of any of these uh, sort of talk show platforms that, you, that we have used to produce shows um, Blue Jeans probably gives you the highest quality video and best recorded version that they record through their app, which is really good quality video. Do you plan to stay with Blue Jeans? Is that a factor? Or are you thinking that now that you can bring a guest on, you know, Be Live TV, that you're going to come over here so that you can switch the shots more quickly and bring in the comments on the screen and everything. Obviously, by doing it here, I've chosen to prioritize the live show versus repurposing. But let's face it, the recordings that you get when you just use what you've streamed to Facebook Live isn't the same as where you've recorded it somewhere else. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am not committed to any one platform forever. I mean, mm -hmm. for example, Livestream Insider started on Blab. We moved to FireTalk. You know, we tried Huzzah. We're now on Blue Jeans. <laughs> Who knows where we might be in a year's time if we're still, I'm sure we'll be still live streaming. Um, but, uh, and also probably bringing out lots more stories because uh, my co-host, Peter Stewart, has got a, a book that's about to be published uh, later on this year. Um, and from a from a mainstream, you know, good theoretical journal publisher, perfect book for particularly if you're in a in in the media, because obviously that's where he is, and and that's going to be of interest to people. So who knows where we're going to be? And right. if I mean, you've used other platforms, you've used Wirecast, I've used Vmix. You know, sometimes it's about the flexibility and what what the technologies we have around us. Um, those people who actually can, like yourself do a show with something like Wirecast or Vmix or OBS and bring in guests and manage everything else at the same time. Wow. I, my, I take my hat off to them because it does, it, it's the most I can do is to watch the comments, know where I'm at in terms of the show, integrate the comments, bring up some images as well to actually then do it with other tools. It, it takes a lot. So I think I will continue to experiment. I've experimented with the Zoom platform. So some of the people here actually have uh, came on. So Patricia and uh, Sabrina um, were both both helped me test out Zoom when it literally just launched um, in terms of to Facebook Live and, and to YouTube. So I'll continue to experiment. Um, there's a number of considerations. I mean, you asked about my show. My show's kind of different to maybe when I'm talking to some of my um, people in my workshops, because for some organizations, um, they don't want to watermark. So as soon as Be Live or Blue Jeans or Zoom make a facility where you can brand it yourself without their watermark, that opens up a whole lot of other opportunities because of some brands, some organizations, 
you know, couldn't have a watermark there. And that's what I think is the things that we're going to be looking at probably next with some of those platforms, maybe for a premium, I'm sure, right, um, right. And, no, and no bad thing there in terms of that. So um, who knows where I'm going to be even next week? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think both Be Live TV and Blue Jeans are, are excellent options for different reasons and and so is producing yourself with something like wirecast or or obs or vmix or xsplit or any of those um what did you think of of zoom and the experience of going right to facebook live from zoom something i i have not tried that part of zoom and i mean some people swear by zoom in general as a platform and they love the video and they love the audio and other people think eh, it's not uh, what they it's not for them. So, I, what is your, what were, what was your experience with Zoom like? Um, I've still got some more testing to do with it, so I wasn't successful in my tests to YouTube. So, I still want to do those. I like the fact that you can do Facebook Live and YouTube, so that's a benefit. You know, as somebody who was the person who was using Google Hangouts on Air <laughs> before I then moved to Blab. Wait a minute. Um, wait a minute. You can go from Zoom right to YouTube. Yeah. At the same time, you're going to Facebook no, you Live. You can only choose one, right? But but you can go to YouTube. Wow, that's now, that's that's a that's a big deal. It's well, let me tell you. Let me tell YouTube. you the reason that I have Zoom and I have a pro license um, for. And I'm, I, I say I'm still experimenting with the right. the, the platform for for live video. Um, the one one of the reasons I actually invested in Zoom some time ago. Um, I'm very fortunate. I had a price fixed for me for that period of time because before they started to pitch, the price up. Right, right. One of the most powerful things for me is going back to this issue of mobile. I was teaching somebody who actually was uh, in an organization where sometimes rubbish technology in their office wanted to learn something, and actually it was to do with Twitter of all things. And you know that uh, a lot of people are using eighty percent of people use Twitter on their mobile phone. And so I wanted to be able to easily show them how to do these things because they were working on a campaign They need to know how to do it. And the powerful thing I love about Zoom is that I can just swipe and my phone can come up on screen. Wow. And so he could watch. He watched that meeting that we had where I was educating him and he watched it on his phone. And I delivered from desktop and I delivered between me on desktop and then me showing my phone. And so that is something that is fantastic. I don't need any third-party tool to be able to show my mobile device. And that's right. very, very powerful. I'll tell you I, what I also found as a challenge, um, you know, sometimes in terms of the fixing, I had to go, I, I think with all of these things, you've got to be a bit persistent. And uh, I was struggling when I was doing my testing about how I could actually get a certain format on screen and to be able to show everybody at the same time actually to the live stream um, because I'd seen somebody else being able to do that and I couldn't fix it. And actually it was just a setting that I didn't even know existed. And I actually went to their customer support and they said, oh, no, you can't do it. And I thought, I know you can do it. Right. <laughs> because, and even <laughs> asked this person, you did this, didn't you? Because I've seen it. And they, weren't, they didn't do any other hack. And so I had to persist with somebody in customer support, another person. They said, oh, yeah, well, it's this setting. So just persist with it. I think it's got some interesting features. I'll tell you what I don't like. Even for me, I think mm -hmm. the watermark for me is, is very big. Mm. Um, you know, I think if you look at BeLive, if who actually, they took, again, feedback from people in right. terms of, you know, making it smaller, making it less obtrusive. Um, and uh, Blue Jeans, it's not particularly obtrusive there either in comparison to Zoom. So Zoom, if you're listening, I'm sure you've had the feedback. Maybe it will affect how, you know, I think that's interesting, isn't it, about um, how many people are actually using it. I don't see so many people using Zoom as a platform. It's been out a while now right. um, for live video. And I wonder if the watermark is one of the considerations. So Zoom might be saying, well, it's great we did this, but we're not actually getting more people, not getting more people doing live video. I wonder if they, you know, will they ever do some surveys to say, tell us what you thought of it. Why aren't you using it? <laughs> right, right. And it's also a bolt-on. It's a bolt-on to their webinar platform. So mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, people aren't buying it for the sake of doing live video. 
Um, you know, the reason that you would invest in Blee Live once it becomes a paid for product is because you want to do live video. You're investing in Zoom because you want to do meetings, you want to do webinars, right, right. and the live a bit like Blue Jeans. Most most people most people have been using that for meeting and communications. So um, yeah, I hope I hope they re consider reducing that watermark because that will put people off from a corporate perspective. And I don't know if they've got any latest update on it, but I did ask at the time when they launched about whether there was any plans to get rid of the watermark, and they said uh, no, not at that time. So. Right, right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We're right up against the top of the hour. It, it was so great talking to you, Krishna, and getting your insights on live video, hearing some of your story. And everybody can check out Livestream Insiders every Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, except this coming week and perhaps the weekend. I think just this coming week, right? It's it's yeah, going to be more week and then UK and Ireland we change daylight savings time um, kind of kicks in on the last weekend in the month so yeah we're only out of kilter for a couple of weeks at this time of the year so 3 p.m. Eastern this Sunday and then back to 2 p.m. Eastern every Sunday on the live stream insiders Facebook page you can find Krishna on Twitter at Krishna Day you can also find her on Facebook at Krishna Day. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-E. Uh, terrific show host. She hosts uh, Livestream Insiders with Peter Stewart. Thank you so much for joining us, Krishna. It's so great to have you on. And don't forget, I will be on Lights Camera Live tomorrow night with Stephanie Liu at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just look up the Hey Stephanie Liu Facebook page.